podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello, welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Yay! Pod two seventy five, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with a K. And JCIS, a global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, nicely. I like that. Ooh. That is the voice of today's very special guest. who won the competition for donations to the Char- uh, Palace for Life Foundation yep. March. It's the wonderful Mark Silverstein. How are you? Very good, thanks. Very happy to be here. Absolutely. He's got a wonderful American accent, and he went for the I will in a kind of South London baritone. Yeah. <laughs> sort of cross of everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. I will, of course, is here as well. John Curran. Thank you, JD. I, yeah, I'm, I'm marking all the I wills now. <laughs> I, I, I should do an annual best I wills. And how was that? It was, it was, it was number one. Number one? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Kevin Day? Do you listen to the pod at home and think that I will wasn't anywhere? I've wasted my ten pound sponsorship this week. I, I ten pounds. <laughs> Is that how much he's? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, yeah, welcome, Mark, to the to the pod. Well, yes, so, yeah, yeah, thank uh, very much. Very, well, we should say as very well, generous. Mark, Mark obviously won. He went into the draw for the top amount he could donate. Obviously, it was fifty yeah. quid for that. But Mark also was one of the top fundraisers for the marathon. For the Palace Fly Foundation as well on his own, which is incredible. So I think that's absolutely as well. It was an absolutely incredible effort and was with us on Saturday as well as the foundation invited us into their box for the game against Leicester, which was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and all for a fantastic cause. So yes. absolutely well worth yeah, doing. Exactly. Although yeah. I would like to check, I'm fairly sure that Palace are the only Premier League team in which you can't see one goal mouth from the, from the boxes. Well, it depends where you... It, it you have to you lean sit. over. If you, you have, have to, to abseil from the top boxes. You have to abseil halfway <laughs> down. The, the rumours of Luca's goal spread along the top of the... <laughs> the it was well, a good one. The whole stadium, you can't actually see a striker score either. Well, so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we will come on and to. And Mark, of course, has, uh, was teasing us with the uh, story about how he became a Palace fan. Yeah, well, Mark, you, what we were learning, you've obviously you've been in, in, in England long, almost longer than you've been in America yes, at this point. True. Yeah, that's true. So, do you want the story? Yes, of oh, course. Okay. We're always we're always very keen to learn the bizarre circumstances <laughs> by which people support Palace. <laughs> so, uh, having come over to England, I wasn't particularly into sport at the time. I had been when I was younger, American football, baseball. So, was vaguely interested in football, but hadn't really paid much attention to it. Um, 
I had no, I've always lived in South London, so I had sort of taken note of Crystal Palace and uh, the FA Cup run in 1990, but that was sort of about it. Uh, however, when my son was about five or six, he was driving me mad to go to matches. And at the time, just at that time, Palace got promoted into the Premier League. And I thought, well, season ticket, you know, Premier League football, that's fine. He doesn't really know Crystal Palace, but I do and we'll do it. So we did that, promptly got relegated, as everyone knows. <laughs> um, but I'm afraid we were uh, both hooked after that. And it's just carried on. And that's the way for all of us, isn't it? You get you, well. At least, you go you, at least you've got your realism in early, though. Yeah. You're, yes. At least one season and we went down, which is good. I I worry for kids. I have kids today. We've, we've known nothing but the Premier League. His hearts will be doubly broken when hmm. it ends, as it will one day when we're in the in, European in, Super League. In, in, <laughs> 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 in administration, yeah. probably both. Maybe, oh, Palace, yeah. um, okay, so so we talk about uh, Saturday's game at Sellers Park, Kevin, where Palace got a well, crucial win. Really, mm. it. it it was a must-win game, let's be honest. It wasn't the best of games, from what we could see from the box, um, but it was a big win. I think I think we were probably as guilty of, as anybody else of putting pressure on Hodgson with all the talk on the last pod about how he needs six points out of the three games coming up, starting with Leicester. We need to beat Leicester at home, beat Cardiff at home. We probably were guilty of overreacting slightly, but it was as much of a must-win game. In its, in its own way, I was just as excited by that as I was by the Burnley performance be honest because the conditions are terrible Leicester are a good side with I mean they're full of internationals good attacking side and we just we toughed it was a proper grown up performance we toughed it out we did what we had to do we kept the ball well we tackled well didn't give anything away deserved deserved the win and I thought well there's two bonuses obviously all the talk is about uh, winning without Wilf but I, Kelly was just yeah outstanding speaking I of grown up performances mm. we've had a few questions about your appearance on the pod extra huh uh, which obviously was your first, uh, the long-awaited hashtag free the pod. Um, Nathan Jones Hi, says, Nathan. "Will Kevin Day be a regular on the product for now? I enjoy his insights. He will not. Oh well, he's, no, he flattered me now. So yeah, no, <laughs> really? uh, Tom Tom Flaherty." Said, um, did Kevin Day appear on the paid pod as some kind of protest against the commercialization of Christmas? <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, no, yes, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag free the pod. Uh, and then Richard Bushell says, how many pints were required for Kevin to lose his pod integrity? Uh, quite the word. Drink, uh, let's not lie, drink had been taken. <laughs> it had been a little bit, yeah. Even your dad had had a couple of... Yeah. Also, I was just I wanted to do it because the mic was so fluffy. I mean, I've seen some fluffy mics. It's a fluffy mic. You had a proper fluffy yeah, mic. It's a good mic. Well, thanks for being on the pod. It was do you a know good, what? It's, good in, the, in the circumstances, because I... There's nothing better than a slightly unexpected win. Mm-hmm. Really. So getting to talk about it for 20 minutes afterwards, even yeah. though it was freezing. It was, it was freezing cold, yeah. yeah. There's something liberating about talking straight after the game about it. And yeah, speaking of which, we've got a question from Accini. Hi, Accini. Who says, JC, I'll put this to you on. Do you, did we deserve to win at the weekend? Mm. Well, considering um, I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, I mean, I, I wasn't there. But I, I watched their extended 13 minutes highlights. On, I, I on, can't believe there were 13 minutes of highlights. Well, the, the, the highlights actually make IU look really good. And that takedown by Sawloth, I mean, you know, <laughs> we, have, have, have we signed him on a permanent? I hope so. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I, 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 Panny was a scrappy game. I think we deserve to win because Zaha didn't play. And we, we that is that is bigger than, you know, it's not just a hoodoo that we kind of can joke about, but actually this was really serious. Because of the, obviously you're a man who knows about psychology, because of the psychological... 
boost it's, it's, of this thing hanging over us. Right, exactly. And this is really, I mean, Roy had referenced it a lot of times about yeah. Zaha. He said it's real. You know, yeah. we, mm. we, the evidence is there. So we did, we did, what Kevin said, we did against Leicester, who are a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, purely on that, we deserve to win. It, we can talk about this maybe a bit later. It does rarely say something around balance, okay? And this notion of relying on the one superstar and the need for balance. Mm. And it would be interesting to see, did we feel it was a balanced performance well, on Saturday? It's two things off the bat. Well, a friend of mine is one of the producers on Match of the Day and said they really, really struggled. If they, they were almost on the verge of asking the BBC if they could cut the show by a minute. Because <laughs> they struggled to get four minutes to fit. It's like it was just showing through. Minutes, <laughs> no, no, the sky got 13 minutes. 13 minutes. <laughs> that's quick. But, so the highlight's pretty, pretty much there. But I, it's a question I'd like to put to Mark, because somebody said it to me in the pub afterwards, which was, is there a chance that we won because Wilf wasn't playing? That, that suddenly yeah. the, the focus wasn't on Wilf and it's like the midfield players weren't immediately looking to release Wilf. Mm. They were holding the ball up. I thought our possession play, it wasn't particularly positive, but it was it was good and it was effective. So I wondered if, if other Palace fans thought the same way as that, that maybe... I must admit, that had not occurred to me. Uh-huh. But now that you say that, I think that is definitely a possibility because everything does go all around Wilf. And if he wasn't there, if he's not there, then the other players know, okay, we have a job to do. Yeah. We can't just give it to Wilf. We need to, to do something. But yeah. I, think it was, it? I think it was a game as well. And I think most Palace fans have said this, John, that it was, it was hard. The Burnley game is difficult to pick out a man of the match. But this one was even harder because everyone put a shift in. There was No one didn't, didn't play well. And they all took the responsibility at various times. And to be fair, are you... He's got the Benteke problem. He's not as good as Benteke, but he, he, the effort was there for all to see. He seemed to realise that he was rightly blamed for the Tottenham goal. Yeah, it's just that he's he's not as good a player as we well, as I, we thought. We're certainly not in the position. He, and it, yeah, we all know. We've talked about everybody doesn't want to play as a centre forward. I don't know if it was the free wine on offer, but I was convinced that you had a really good game and I was convinced that James MacArthur had an absolute stinker and then I tweeted about it and I got many people tweeting me to say that that, that wasn't the case. No. Um, on either, really. But um, what do you think, Mark? Do you think you had a good game? Because he was offside about three or four times in the first half but my, my dad said to me, yeah, he's offside but he's making those runs yeah. and he's getting into those opportunities and actually that's the first time we've really kind of seen him doing that. So It felt to me like Kevin said, he was actually trying a bit harder, even though, he again, he didn't really score, have any chances. Yeah, well, he's, I think he's had a couple of matches like that where he has tried really hard, put himself about, and against Leicester, he did get himself into some goal-scoring yeah. positions. Yeah. He just didn't do it, and that's that's the problem. He just needs to score a goal. It didn't, it didn't help. He, he snatched at the one clear chance he had in the second yeah. half. Yeah. But, yeah. but so a lot, I mean, we joked about it. So I thought there was one cameo from Sherlock almost in the last minute where he knocked the ball past one side of the defender went the other went along the byline pulled across, it turned out he'd accidentally knocked the ball over the byline but it was a really good it was, it was a sort of another tiny hint that we've had JC of, of his potential but the, 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 the argument would be is hints of potential enough at no. this stage well it's, it's yeah. not enough that he works hard he, he exactly. is it? I mean these are all things that should be taken exactly. as these as are positive JC aren't they but they're not actually, they're still not scoring goals you know, and we yeah. still scored the fewest, second fewest amount of goals in the league. Like, it's not good enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, in the last, our last goal score, our highest goal score as a striker last season, I think, was Sacco. Yeah. Right? He was <laughs> yeah. a striker. Okay? Bakary. Bakary yeah. Sacco. 
And this season, we haven't had one out-and-out striker scoring a goal. Mm. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at glimpses. You know, I think that the, the bottom line is Christmas time. If Serloth could go and play with Middlesbrough or mm. go yeah. down and just hit some goals in, I'm sure he will be something. Yeah. But then we're relying on this idea that Wickham, mm. two years out, is going to come back and mm. scores goals. And Benteke, who we've been really missing, is going to score his goals. And there's no proof, mm. you know, so... I think this. I think it's what Selzy said a couple of pods ago. We need we need to invest in strikers. Do you yeah. On the psychology of Wilf, because psychology is your thing. It, it sounds like a nineteen seventies jazz. The psychology album. of Wilf. <laughs> on the psychology of Wilf. Endicott's got yeah. that somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he will definitely. Yeah, I can just see the cover now. But um, I mean, would they have kept? I mean, presumably Hodgson would have been really singing their praises. He won without Wilf. It's a big. It's a big weight off your mind. Would they have kept Wilf? physically away from that conversation do you think it would upset Will for him to be in there while Roy, Roy told the rest of the team that they were great without him I, I, I don't know I think it's it, it's so there it's it's the kind of it's not even the elephant in the room everyone knows <laughs> yeah. knows it exists I mean you know the, the training ground on the Monday or the Tuesday I'm sure there would have been talk about it and mm. hopefully some ban- banter yeah you know that they would have had it mm. you know the cleansing had happened mm. that yeah. they could they mm. could do it yeah I mean I, I for, for what it's worth, I'd say that, uh, you know, Wilf, is, his place is so secure that he's not going to worry about it. And in some ways, it might actually take a little bit of pressure off him yeah. to know mm. that, okay, other Good people, point. you know, we can win matches without me. It's not much as I'm sure part of his ego is, well, it's all, you know, yeah. he's the key person, but equally take some of the pressure off. I, I, sorry, I mean, I just, just following on what Mark is saying, I think that's important. I think that some journalists now picking up on this, which, mm. which is the problem, right? Yeah. The problem is if you've got Totti, who's a one club man, right, for, for Roma, he, he made everything tick for Roma, but he had some amazingly good players around him. And if you look at that kind of combination of Kabai, Zaha, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek, that's the, that's the baseline level of what, where Wilfred Zaha should be playing yeah. with that quality. He has nothing like that under him at the moment. So actually, the big hypothesis is it doesn't work with Wilf in the team unless he has quality around him. Yeah, which goes back to recruitment. So you're saying that we should drop him? <laughs> yeah, is that I, what yeah. I'm taking from that? Is it? <laughs> under, under, under 23s, you know? Yeah. It, it's all Wilf's fault. Just a, no, couple of weeks, just a couple of weeks break for him <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, under 23s. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah. but it is about actually, if it's Ruben Loftus Cheek and Kabai, and that's the level, yeah. the minimum level that he should be playing around that's with, good, yeah. we then need to invest. Otherwise, we're kind He's, you know, yeah. what's his role? Yeah. Well, we keep coming back to this recruitment, it's, it's a constant issue. Have you had a lot of questions about Gaeta then? Yeah, I'm going to come to them. Cool. I'm going to come to them. But I've, I've got, yeah, another question for part one, which is from um, Mr. J. Ryan. Hi, Mr. Hi, J. Ryan. At Mr. J. Ryan. says, how crucial would you say, in fact, actually, it relates to Greater, how crucial would you say bringing in fresh players, albeit forced, was on Saturday? And do you think this is something Roy might do going forward instead of the same 11 who start no matter what the previous result? Albeit forced. Uh, albeit. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I'll, I don't think either keeper will particularly want to be playing on Saturday. To be perfectly honest, yeah. both of them are hiding to nothing. What you know, we we know that any positive result would be. But then in a way, there's no pressure happens. there, is there? Again, that's the point. I, I think, given all the talk we've had about Roy being so conservative of a small C, I think this is a really interesting decision for him. I thought it was very interesting because he kind of kicked the can down the road Brexit style by saying, "I'm at an age where I make decisions as late as possible." 
I, I, I would, under normal circumstances, I would say he'll put Hennessy straight back in. But I, I wonder because Gator, in, in a way, it was an ideal debut for him. He would have expected that to be a much harder game, I think. And I'm, I'm surprised that Leicester didn't put him under more pressure because Leicester are capable of shooting mm. from distance, putting crosses in. Apart from the one save, which again, from where we were in the box, we both thought he had just hit the post. Yeah, I didn't. So see we couldn't it, understand why Gator was getting a lot. So all the credit suddenly on tweet, but. He had one brilliant save to make, which he made well. I thought what was interesting that was whether that's... I don't know enough about his nature or his character to know whether the way the enthusiasm he showed to the crowd and the high-fiving he was doing with his defence, whether that's part of his normal makeup, or whether he was trying to mm. get fans on side. Because he was very visible, he's very vocal. Even when he got booked for time-wasting, he was kind of congratulating PVA because he kind of felt he'd done yeah. something good he was making sure the crowd which was the exact were, opposite of Wayne yeah, very exactly. much so yeah, yeah. and he, yeah. You, you, you couldn't say he doesn't deserve to be dropped on that on that performance on can the I other, put a question to you from yeah. one of our listeners from Jamie Woods hi Jamie he says do our other keepers make that save I think that's a good I think that's a very good question because if there's one area that Hennessy is 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 lacking it's low down to his by his ankles mm. he would have he would have gone with his feet for that for that yeah. save, I think Hennessy. That's I think, a really good point. I think Guy I think it was a very good save. And again, it's one of those things you have people going about, oh, lucky bugger. But yeah, some keepers are more lucky than others. And it came back off the post and went straight into his arms. And that's kind of like that's a not a very palace thing to do. Normally, that would have yeah. hit, that would have hit the back of Hennessy's head and gone in. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, actually, so but actually, on, on that yeah. point, I think again with my thirteen minutes amazing intense highlights oh, on, on the, John, on I can't stress enough that you've, you've seen enough of that game to I've, make I've, it yeah. 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 but there, 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 there are some signs of a, of a character there um, where I'm going to give you some he, he gets the ball to hand and he quickly charges out of his area ready to, ready to pass Hennessy yeah. didn't do that yeah. when he did do the save which was an extremely good save went onto the post came back into him he went and he almost gave a, a kind of Spanish Catholic blessing to the post. Yeah. Right? And then one really telling point, right at uh, the final whistle, Vardy went up to him and gave him a big hug. Yeah. Yeah. Now that said, we had a duel. Yeah. And now yeah, yeah. firstly, Vardy is a, I mean, a fantastic striker. And for him to kind of go, I'm going up to him. I'm yeah. saying, well you done. Won. Yeah, yeah, you won yeah, yeah. That, you, that well, shows that the keeper got the points yeah, for us. Yeah. Well, do you know what He's, he did, Mark, as well, Gary, to which, and obviously we, from where we were, we didn't see this to the highlights, but he smiled when he made the save. And somehow, I don't know why that should be, that professional footballer smiling when he did something good really made me happy, rather than the serious face. It's like, yeah, I've done something good, I'm going to smile. But I'm it's like when Yannick used to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. loved yeah, his yeah. big yeah. smile. And then I like the fact that, again, I don't know if he was deliberately trying to be funny, but he went, oh, it turns out South London is quite different to Spain <laughs> after all. It's like, great, these are all things that kind of endear him to you. And he's gone, from, he's yeah. gone from us knowing nothing about him at all as a keeper, unless you're one of those people who see under-23 games. We now know... A lot more. I know what he looks like for a start of, and, and how yeah. big he is. And he he didn't certainly didn't lack confidence. And it, it we've got two we've got two very good keepers now. So that's one another elephant out of the room. Basically, we know that if one's out, the the other one can come in and yeah. It, it reminds me a bit of Pickford. You know that kind of just like. I love. I can't help but just dream about goalkeeping. Yeah. And I think that might be the difference between him and Hennessy is the character. He's clearly got yeah. a big character. Yeah. yeah. For him to perform like that in his debut was quite impressive, and to actually do the interview afterwards when his English clearly is not very good, and he yeah. was quite happy to get stuck in and you know do his best. I think he's a big character. Yeah. But that, that, but that did also play into those people who have been saying, "Well, Roy's waiting for his English to get." better 
before he starts, even though I would have thought goalkeeper was the one position where yeah, you've only got two or three words, haven't you? Yeah. Keepers. 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 Lions, <laughs> yeah. And oh no. Ref. No, no. <laughs> and oh no, no, again. No, not again. Because, I mean, we all said right from the start when he was signed, no one assumed that he was signed other than to be the first choice goalkeeper. Yeah. And it was always a bit of a mystery as to why I he... I think Dom Fifield said he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom, yeah. that's where a lot of the... Yeah. I will say, going back to the point earlier about who makes that save, I, I, I think Jules probably still makes that save. I think he was quite good at one-on-ones. Um, and I will say as well, we got... We, yes, we've got two good keepers. We've still got three keepers. Yeah, Jules is still point, there yeah, as yeah, yeah. well. Um, but just with Guaita, you're right, that, that interview was, was brilliant. Um, he was a good performance. We've waited so long to see him play. And almost by not playing in the same way that Benteke hasn't played recently he's become our best striker Guaita was built up and built up as this guy do you think we actually saw the Guaita that we expected I know it's only one game well I think we are I think Mark will agree we are doing a very Palace thing by saying he's, <laughs> yeah. he's now the best goalkeeper in the world aren't we like but it was a good performance it, it was a good performance but he, yeah, if, you know, if Streety was here he'd say why are we employing, applauding someone who gets paid a lot of money to do his job and, and Streety'd be dancing on the table yeah I, yeah I just think it's nice that we've seen him and it's because it, they, they couldn't have been worse circumstances I mean weather wise it couldn't have been it was like yeah. laughably cliched yeah. and, and he made a mistake at the beginning yes. and, and he recovered of course, from that yes, and once yeah. again to me that shows his character yeah. it didn't phase him you know, and I think he was clever in terms of making sure that yeah. there was a foul, so that in inverted was, commas, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and he just carried on. He also didn't know. do it again, which was which was interesting. Very he, true. He had yeah. a, he had a look. He was looking all the time when he, before he yeah. he looked confident with the ball at his feet as well. The, the interesting his his post match interview I thought was married, mirrored by PVA and MacArthur, who both to me very much implied. Uh, an apology for the two previous performances who both were clearly saying this is a performance that we needed to give Palace fans and that again I don't know John will probably tell me more psychologically I don't know why a grown man is pleased to hear Palace players say that but I was enormously pleased mm. to hear well, Palace players it shows humanity to them I suppose well, it does but it just shows it's just an acknowledgement that they did have two one disastrous performance and one five minute terrible spell but and I think it also sh- proves do they take it to heart as well? And they want, you know, they realise... Uh, I was more impressed with PVA and his honesty in yeah. relation to that because he was coming from a club which was rotting inside yeah. as a yeah, team. Yeah, there was yeah, drink, yeah. You know, there's been a lot of issues with the... There were a lot of issues with the team and, and, the, and the kind of discipline. And you look at the Netflix documentary on Sunderland now, yeah. the year they went down, the first year in the championship, um, you see that. Um, and so for PVA to get in there and talk about I'm sorry, is something that yeah. probably wouldn't have been thought of as a Sunderland player. Yeah, yeah but it wins, a lot of point, it wins a lot of points to Palace fans. We like yeah. honesty from, from our players and vulnerability. Almost mm-hmm. in a way. Um, can I round off part one then by talking about the goal? I mean, it's a cracking goal from Luca. <coughs> I mean, again, we didn't really see it, but no. it was it was <laughs> right in the corner. I mean, um, uh, who's the, who's their keeper? I've forgotten now. Schmeichel. Schmeichel, Schmeichel. is an excellent yeah. goalkeeper and, and I couldn't get near it. But my question, Kevin, would be, is it a worry that the only goals we've scored this season are two worldies, spot kicks, and at home, and uh, a fluke that went in? We're, we're still not really. Which was the fluke? A MacArthur's goal in the Burnley game. Cross. The sort of cross that went in. Oh, yes, yes. We're still yeah. not really. Yeah, creating. Yeah, I'm still, I still think Mayo should have been. <laughs> no, no, of course it's, it, it is a worry. I mean, the Luca goal was. What was unusual about it is because so many, so many of those shots 
curved back towards the keeper mm. and that faded away from him and Schmeichel's a brilliant keeper it's a goal from open play yeah. it's a goal where the midfielder Luca was probably 10 yards further up the pitch than he would have been the first four games of the season mm-hmm. he would have been much deeper I think it's an indication that he's getting his confidence back because I don't think he would have even taken that shot on four or five games ago when he was deep in the mire mm-hmm. so I think you should celebrate the goal whilst at the same time yes acknowledging that we barely made a clear chance but having said that nor did I mean one of the reasons the highlights were so small was because Leicester barely created any chance I mean yeah. Leicester were t- the highlights were well, great well <laughs> it was, yeah, it was short but they barely created any I mean apart from there was the Vardy goal and there was a run that I think it was, I can't remember it was the actual one of their players made from the halfway line but apart from that they barely tested Gaeta mm. um and they're, I mean, they're a very good. I mean, they were disappointed in the first half. Yeah, it wasn't a great yeah. game. But I do worry, but, JC, that we're not, we're still not really creating brilliant chances. Yeah, I mean, I, the, I mean, the well, first thing the, the Burnley game, though, it's, it's, there was a, uh, I can't remember which game was on Sky this week, but there was a, oh, it was the Liverpool Man United game. Yeah. They were talking about the United chances. And they yeah. had we the, had a lot of chances. We had they had the, but the, the Sky graphic was the six most chances created in any one game this season, and we were third. We were, yeah, against and, Burnley. Mm. With, so we, over the season, if you had those chances, True, yeah. true. We certainly, certainly, and even in the Brighton game, we had a lot of chances on goal. Yeah, I feel like we're not carving out clear cut chance. Maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe that's just you know I've got it's a clouded like, vision. But... The, fa- the facts pr- prove it. I yeah. mean, the Burnley game was on. You could actually take a completely different line of the Burnley game was concerning. Yeah, you know that that's yeah. a, that's yeah, another, yeah, yeah. another you know the the the, the Luca goal for Leicester. If you watch it back on the 13 minutes of highlights, which are incredible, <laughs> but um, <laughs> is it te- just mostly highlights of the goal? It, yes. it, you can see it from many different <laughs> angles as well, <laughs> in, including your box. Where you can see it, which is a great one. But um, well, at one stage well, in our yeah. box, we were asked, we were told uh, this mysterious new rule where we had to stand two yards further back in case the TV cameras caught us drinking on camera. Right, yeah. okay. Which so would have been a feat of some geometric <laughs> genius from a cameraman to catch us drinking yeah. in that box. But um, there were 10 passes before the goal was scored. Oh, wow. With the Lucas, you, Lucas yeah. goal. Well, oh, so that's, that, that's um, so I do do Is my homework there. Yeah. I, oh, I mean, Man City do about 58, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, for us, 10's good, right? Yeah, okay. And that came from a clearance, so a breakaway. And then there's something really great about that goal around Juan Basaka and Townsend interplay. You, you, yeah. And they actually do a, you know, a basketball tactic of a kind of a block and then a run around and a layoff yeah. and then a pass and a goal. So that was, it was, it was really well worked out there. That, that was training ground stuff. Um, back to your point about when the goals. I've said this before on a pod. It's been said on another football podcast about Palace. The playing the system usually with Townsend and Zaha up front means that every goal has to be technically brilliant. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're not going to get it off the shoulder. You're not going to get point, the big guy. Yeah. Most of the top teams, you know, are playing with a big guy up there as well, so they can mix it up. You know, so this is this is the big concern. Yeah. We can't. Townsend is fantastic. He gets the ball. He can do deep crosses in he can't do that at the moment so he needs to adapt his play um he's got no one to, to as, as a target so this is fun fundamental basics here we need a striker who's going to get on the end of crosses. I mean, it's a, it's a obvious point in a way but because we don't have a traditional striker at the moment we're not scoring the goals that a traditional striker yeah, would exactly. score it's just we, we just can't because exactly. we don't have that player I, I, exactly i have a, an admission to make around Wambisaka's part in our goal yeah in that Five minutes before that street, you know, I'd been having a conversation about how his confidence, how, what a brilliant player Wan Bissaka was, but somehow when he gets to the edge of the box, considering he's an ex winger, somehow his confidence seems to go. He doesn't put the cross in, he doesn't take the man on, he always cuts back. Mm. 
And just before we scored, I went, see, he's done it again. Yeah. He's, he's, he's done it again. He's laid it off. And then on the street, he went, don't shoot. <laughs> so exactly just, and then why, why, are they, why is everyone celebrating? So that was, it was indicating, because we did have that, because I think that is a conversation to have about Wan-Bissaka, is that for 80% of the pitch, he looks fantastic. But, he, he just, but then again, it may be that, that that's what Hodgson's told him to do, is to get that far to turn around, look and bring Hodgson, uh, to bring Anderson into the game rather than, take players on I will say in the same way that Mark was talking about um, uh, Guaita learning from losing it early on um, ABWDB did the same thing because he took someone on early doors right in front of us lost it yeah, yeah. and the it, next few times he was then looking for Andros so yeah, yeah. clearly our players are learning yeah. from the, well, these things I don't think Wan-Bissaka will remain as a right back I mean yeah. I think in in the years to come when he's um, playing in the Super Euro League yeah. um, for some team I mean, he'll be he'll be a wing back yeah. I think I think be his. somebody I can't remember who was saying but somebody talked about the future England team with Wan Bissaka and Sessignon as the yeah. the wing backs mm. should yeah. be. But so I was talking to a Leicester fan afterwards as well. I'd never seen Wan Bissaka live before and hadn't had not a name that really registered with him, which is interesting because of course we all know that he's a genius, but mm. the rest of the Premier League haven't caught up. And he just went, "What?" And he's, what? Ma- he's he said made, his tackling was just. He's made the most tackles and blocks of any player in the top five leagues in Europe. In Europe, I saw that today. Yeah, yeah. wow. That's I mean, that's that's quite incredible, really, isn't it? But they're just proper tackles as well. Yeah. He's, he's he's like Jedi used to. He never goes to ground. Yeah, and somehow you think you just think how how's he got that ball there? Yeah, and they're all clean tackles. Well, there's one down, don't give away many fouls. There's one by the corner flag in the first in the yeah. uh, second half when Leicester are attacking down there, and it's just like there was two Leicester players, and he just strolled away with the ball, yeah. hands in his pockets, whistling a happy tune. <laughs> It's just it is something special. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, we're going to be whistling Happy Tune into part two. Nice. Which is where we have... Showing off that his master. Is that what it is? Uh, <laughs> we have questions from our listeners. Sometimes the first half of the pod goes on a long time, Mark, while we desperately try and feed him something. <laughs> well, to wait to see the Five minutes ago, I was just blowing them out. We've got your questions in part two, so join us in a bit. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod two seventy five, sponsored by Vector Printing. For your printing board to be needs, go to vector.kdk. It's Vector with okay. And JCIS, the Global Research and Brand Consultancy from South London. Visit jc-nis.com. I will. Nice. <laughs> Is that still still decent? Perfect. Perfect. Good. Um, right. Questions from our listeners. The first question comes from Nath Jones. Hi, Nath. Hey, Nath. That's a bit of a downbeat question to start with. He says, um, does the result on Saturday merely paper over the cracks as it was yet again another turgid display? It wasn't the best. Was it it turgid? I think in the circumstances, I think the points were more important than the display. I don't think think even Man City would have played free-flowing open football in those conditions. I think you have to look at, at who we were playing. And it's it's a three points that we badly need. And I think there, I think there are times when you just have to go. Let's not worry about the performance. Yeah. Let's forget that. Just look at the league table. And I think that's one of those. And also, I think as well, you know, it's, it's the second game in a row. And again, Man City fans will wonder why we're getting excited about it. But it's two games in a row, two home wins, two clean sheets, which for us is is good. 
And if you if you even out the chances between the Burnley game and the Leicester game, then we had about fifteen chances in two games. So it's kind of well, it's also four you know four home decent home performances. If you're taking the Arsenal and Spurs games, well, as well. yeah. I, if if you'd said before those four games, you you can have two wins, a draw, and a defeat, you'd probably have said, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll take that. Exactly. It, it and Leicester, like I know Leicester are unpredictable. Well, you just I mean they've got they're all full internationals, and there's it's one of those occasions. You look at their team sheet. Most of their players would get in our team, so I think it's. You, I think you just go. Yeah, it was a decent result from on our part. Yeah, I, I must admit, I thought up until the time we scored the goal, I thought mm, this isn't. It is a bit turgid. All the mm. passes aren't quite coming off. It's not quite working. Scored the goal, and then it became a sort of classic Hodgson performance. Yeah, and we looked. You know, okay, with the exception of the uh, the the lucky post or whatever. You know, we looked pretty solid. And I was never that worried that they were going to score. Yeah, the back four in particular looked really solid. And you come back to Kelly. I don't know if you've, anybody's asked questions about Kelly, but yeah. I, I, he was. I thought he was great. I mean, the, the debate about man of the match afterwards. Not many people said Kelly, but for me, easily the standout to come in. I mean, if everyone's praising Gator, but to, for Kelly to come into a game like that with Vardy back after injury, with the strikers they got in those conditions, for him to look like a, a Premier League. Mm. Centre back, I thought was great, I think, and, I mean, and yeah. Sacco. I thought Sacco looked happier with Kelly there. To be perfectly honest, and I thought Kelly. Yeah. Did, I mean, Kelly's always been reliable for us. He's always sort of coming in and done a job. And JC, I've got two questions for you, which relate to that. One is from Steve Zaha Ellis. Hi, Steve, Hi, Steve. <laughs> Zaha Ellis. Zaha is actually his real name. Um, who says hi, FYP? Steve from Sydney. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve from Sydney. Sydney. He says, "Will we see more of Kelly and Guaita over the Christmas period?" And Alex Burt Hi, Alex. has also said, "Do Kelly and Guaita retain their spots? I think they should." Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> what do you um, think? Easy. He says Steve from Sydney is old John from Sydney no Steve from Sydney. Is that <laughs> well, I was born in Sydney. Every, every yeah, pod that you come on, you've come up there's with a new, new fact. There's new <laughs> information. Like, These are all facts. It's your fake news. It makes you more <laughs> interesting. I, I, I was born in Sydney, but only lived there for one year of my life. So, oh, okay, still, um, that's all right. I don't really remember any of it. But um, uh, So, greater definitely, he has to stay... In, yeah, because of um, what Mark was saying, also that the, the energy, the character, he's, he, I think that this is some of the shift we need and we've needed with with Hennessy. It's what the team needs. Do you think he will stay? Um, I, I hope. I hope so. Right. Um, I think he will. Uh, yeah, I, I've got okay. a feeling. It, it, I, I heard. You know, were there things around Hodgson not happy with after the West Ham game with Hennessy? Um, uh, I even agreed with Andy Street about his analysis. Oh, Andy and Selzy on the pod extra oh, together—that was just get the get the noose out. <laughs> I mean, on oh. goalkeeping, it was amazing. See between so, them because because Selzy's uh, teetotaler, so between them they drink just enough. But you're right. Neither, oh, neither, yeah. neither of them as to that was as, just as like PG, yeah. As PG Woodhouse said about Scottish people, they're they're not they're not easy to mistake for a ray of sunshine are they no, they're, but they're they're not, so then you have to bear in mind Sel- 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 he knows his yeah. goalkeeping oh no he, no, he totally well, he knows does. his goalkeeping he, he, well he knows the situation with Palace goalkeepers as well so yeah, well, well, okay one thing Sel- he said uh, yeah. to, yeah. that there is uh, a bit of evidence your goalkeeper has to win you points now and then right yes. and he says he doesn't really think Hennessy's got that in him to, to, to do those type of and we probably saw that on Saturday, that yeah, so really for that reason alone, yeah, he, he, yeah. Kelly, that's a different one, right? Mm. Ke- the statistics show that Kelly actually hasn't been in many winning Palace teams right. um, when he started, and that that's a concern. So, 
Tompkins, on the other hand, has had two or three dodgy games. Yeah. So there could be an argument for that that you put Kelly in. However, on one performance of Kelly, with his history, I'd be reluctant it's to... It's much harder to quantify a yeah. centre-back's contribution to a, to a defeat or victory than it is for a keeper. But actually, that's a very good point. The, Hennessy's unlucky in that sense. I think probably only Chelsea away, when we won, where Hennessy did make four or five outstanding, and when you could walk away going, he won us that game. There are games when you could say, like Villa away, you'd say he lost us yeah. that game. But, I mean, Gaeta, I mean, it might be the start of a charmed life for him because you know, Gaeta makes, as you say, the point, without a doubt, is a point-saving yeah. stop. Mm. And everyone was talking about it afterwards. So, But it is, as you said earlier, it is, it is one game. If I, if I can go yeah. back but to no, Kelly... But, but it's interesting what John has to say, though, because, I mean, John deals with psychology and deals with yeah. motivation. And the way you talk about Gaeta's you know, body language and enthusiasm and excitement mm. is... And you can only assume that other defenders want... <laughs> like to see that and like to see confidence and like to see definitely yeah but i don't know about the short sleeves and that's well, something well apparently the short sleeves lasted the first half no, <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, true. he wore them in the first half second mm. half he came out okay. he's learning <laughs> yeah. south london well it yeah. used to be illegal. someone had a word with him it's yeah. only about well, five I think years probably ago. he had a word with himself <laughs> yeah. I'm flipping freezing no, you're <laughs> laughing it's only about five years ago the, the rules probably longer but the keepers weren't allowed to wear short sleeve shorts oh really because yeah, if, if, if arms were up in the box you could you always tell know. You, if yeah. the keeper's wearing a long shirt you can tell that's why I mean, they do have quite big gloves on yeah, well, most of them are wearing these shirts and this is another reason why you know, dad stopped going when goalkeepers wore gloves full stop <laughs> but now they've all got tights and things under their shirts as well 2018 mate yeah, he's 85, you tell him. On that note about showing flesh, um, <laughs> just, just down the road, South London Lakes, the park, which is about a mile away from here, was the first ever time men were allowed to play tennis in shorts. Is that true? There you go. Really? Wow. Anyway, so I'll throw that into the mix. Thanks, That's man. I was yeah. like having you on. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just for the anecdotes. Um, it's not an anecdote, it's a fact. He wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you were there, John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's an anecdote to someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, back to Kelly then, uh, Mark, because we, we have had people praising him, but Matthew O'Connor... Hi, Matthew. ...has said Martin Kelly, the last game versus the last 32 that he played, right. very precise, with all the greatest respect, is he the way forward? Shout me down, tell me I'm wrong. However, he is not near the level needed to avoid yearly relegation battles. He has his moments but they can also be bad. Do you think Kelly maybe is just in that box of great as a replacement and a backup, but actually that's different to being a first-team regular? Well, that, that's what he's been for a number of years. And I think, you know, the question is, can he go beyond that? And I think the jury, and until he's tested, mm. the jury's out. I mean, I would say, on the one hand, Tompkins absolutely had some shocking performances recently. Yeah. Kelly did extremely well. Does that mean that Kelly comes in? My guess is... Roy's going to say no, and he's going to stick with, with Tompkins. Yeah. But, you know, hard to say. But until he's given a run on the team, no yeah. one's going to know. I think, I yeah, think exactly. he, had a, he had a standout game, and I think it's fair to him to point that out. Yeah. Because for me, he was the outstanding player. And I think what we're saying is that it proves that we have three competent centre-backs. Still nowhere near well, enough. Well, Dan, Scott Dan's back as well. Well, Scott Dan's back. Redevelved for some reason, is completely out in the cold. So, But three competent centre-backs isn't enough for a Premier League team. And again, Scott Dan's probably not the answer after so much injury. It's very mm. difficult for Scott to play more than three or four games. Yeah. Cue somebody tweeting in next pod saying, actually, I think you'll finally play 28. <laughs> but, 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 okay. one, one point about Tompkins and his performances against West Ham and Brighton, 
this is a classic example, right? When you don't have a target man. <coughs> yeah. You don't have a focal point up front. <laughs> and, and if you don't have a focal point up front and you don't have players who are clev- clever enough to kind of get the ball, like, you know, Zahan Townsend aren't clever enough if the ball's coming from Hennessy yeah. to, to do something straight away with it and hold it up. Um, <sighs> it means that the ball's going to go straight back mm-hmm. and potentially the pressure goes straight back on the centre-backs. So they're, by nature, under more pressure. Yeah. Because they don't have that time. And, yeah. and you could eventually say, then the mistakes are going to come in. Yeah, I think Kelly's not as good a footballer as either Sacco or Tompkins, but he is as good a centre-back. I know that sounds sort of counterintuitive, but he's no, not. I get that, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a good defensive centre-back. And um, Chris Kamara picked him out on, on Sunday morning and said one of the headers he did right at, right at the end where he almost had his back to the the player he was jumping against and he still got the head to it. It's perfect. He's really good defending. And it's like, I really like him. I think I he's reliable. Well. He's never, like and also, he's like he's like Wardy. He's never certainly in public. He's never yeah. there's never been any complaint. Exactly. He gets on with it. He accepts his position in the squad, which yeah. is what you want. He's a proper team and, player, and he he knows that you know he's not going to get in a top ten Premier League team. So he's playing for a Premier League side on decent wages. Probably he's never going to win international caps, yeah. but he comes in and he does the job he he has to do, which is. Which is perfect. Um, okay, moving on then. Uh, J- at JG Palace. Hey, JG. Says, am I the only one who was almost disappointed we won on Saturday because it gives Roy a few more games? Here we go. Uh, couldn't really enjoy it. <laughs> really? Mm. Uh, because it means another month of that dross. Um, Harsh. I don't think he is the only one. No, I don't think he's the only one. I, I, no. I, I, think, I think there'll probably be uh, you know, Mark normally listens to it rather than appears on it. There'll be a lot of people listening to it who never appear on the pod who are going, you hypocrites, you were very clearly implying that Hodgson's time was coming to an end and you wouldn't be too unhappy. Because we were, the tone of the last pod after the West Ham game was, we were saying he's got three games and and, and it's a matter of time. And if he's, he's won gonna, the first of those three. And he has. And in terms of the football, I mean, it's not just him, is it? I mean, it's... It's been a while since we've had a, you know, I mean, Pardew tried the flare approach and that didn't work. You know, it, there are times when even I felt sorry for Pardew when he's going, well, we'll get back to Alan. You know, why, why aren't we defending properly? Stop all this attacking. So it's been a, we haven't, at no stage in the Premier League have we been staying up because of our free flying fantasy football. Although at the end of last yeah. season, actually. No, that's a, no, that's a good point, yeah, actually. No, fair season, point. We were, yeah. we were, that's some of the best football I've ever seen us play and, and also mm. it was sort of old fashioned Palace football because it was mainly wide play it was getting the ball forward to wingers or full backs were getting forward but, yeah, but it had um, Rub- Rubloff's cheek so either I, we compl- need either, it goes back to my point either we need that type of level of standard to play football I think draw, you know, having Dross and playing dull football and we get the points and we chip away, I'm totally happy with that. Yeah. I mean, that, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's when we're not getting anything and nothing changes. Which yeah. we weren't. I, so, yeah. Which we don't, we're not. I, I, you know, I, mean, it's, I think that's a very good point. When, when Pulis comes in, when Allardyce comes in, you go, all right, we know exactly what we're going to get for 90 minutes. And for the most part, it was effective. And you go, well, that, that keeps us up, but I'm not sure I want to pay for a season ticket to watch more of it mm. with Hodgson you kind of expect more and with Hodgson you don't see the pattern that you see with Pulis and that's why it's interesting watching it from, from higher up in the in the box because like you, you see games with Pulis and, and Allardyce you know exactly how they're going to start where the players are going to be where they're going to move you know we're not going to have the ball very much with Hodgson it's difficult to 
to work out what the system is and how it changes when we go one nil down as we often had. I, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the in the transfer window. Whether because my th- I, I don't think even if we stay up, I don't think Hodgson will be a manager next I, season. I mean, I, the, I, the, I'd be yeah. interested to see whether this. <laughs> and again, we can ask a question about where the Americans are because which is a question that's been asked before. They're in America. The, well, exactly. But I, I, I got a feeling the transfer window will be sticking plasters on. I don't think we're going to be buying anybody in that's going to be long-term yeah. palace. Is available. Uh, well, you, you, can't, you can't do... Lo- I mean, you can do... Long it's term. hard. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be loan signings. I don't think yeah. we're going to buy anybody. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be... It. I think that'll be an indication that Roy won't be our manager next season. And I, I think... I, I do genuinely think Paris doesn't want to be the man who ends Roy Hodgson's career. I think they would much rather Roy is allowed to retire with dignity at the end of the season. Mm. And, and I, I think we probably will stay up but it'll be despite Roy but or, or rather I will because say, of it, he's still he's still a brilliant coach I mean you can't yeah. you know he, he would he would argue as a lot of pro Roy people do that he's it, it, as John has indicated he's a great coach but he's got less talent to work yeah. with than he had last yeah, season I think, yeah. I think what he's got yeah. at his disposal yeah. I still think he's doing yeah. as well as anyone could yeah. really yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a really good point I think that is a good point and then the, the, you talk about the nature of the football the first we're all enthusing about the football away to Fulham and at home mm-hmm. to Liverpool we're all saying this is great what a good season we're going to have and then something happened at Watford at half time uh, I don't know, know what, ding, but, ding, ding, ding. but, but I, I feel like JC and I, I think I feel I said this for the first time under Roy possibly for a while in the last couple of weeks that it felt like watching Palace wasn't quite as fun anymore the fun had kind of sort of been drained a little anymore. bit yeah but I don't think that, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you about the fun being drained but that's not to do with Roy that's to do with a bigger systemic issue with the club. Yeah. Um, and that's fundamentally what Andy Street talks about, financial fair play, and how we got it wrong. Yeah. We got it fundamentally wrong. And recruitment. I will argue mm-hmm. to the, to the cows come home that it all went wrong when Pardew mentioned the word expansive football. Yeah. And we recruited yeah. for that. Yeah. And fair yeah, play yeah, on yeah, Parish, yeah. he, support, he supported Pardew yeah. in that vision, right? But it, it has backfired severely. Yeah. We don't have players we can move on on massively high wages. Yeah. And so Hodgson, actually, if you think about it, he hasn't, he's had two, on paper, he's had two transfer windows. He's actually had two transfer keyholes, right? Yeah. He's had some guy from Sweden who didn't kick the ball, right? He's yeah. had a Polish guy who didn't kick the ball. Um, he's had Sorloff for nine million, who who can't kick a ball, and you know so unless that's Hodgson going, I know all these guys and I want them in, and here's my list, go and get them. Yeah. Then Hodgson needs to get out, right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. But I would question if actually he's had much. Well, input he's, in it. he's dropping heavy hints right. after, after the Brighton yeah. and West Ham game. He's so, talked about no. He's used the phrase no magic wand. Well, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not so, had transfer. He's had transfer yeah. keyholes. Right? The, the, that, that's how small they have been for him. The fun yeah. aspect is an interesting one because I, I don't. Do we go for the fun? The actual. I mean, the fun is in the pub before and in the pub afterwards, isn't it? The fun. I mean, the actual game itself is a bonus if it's good. But if at least in the last, if you were to say to me. Right, you'll win one nil against Cardiff. You, you'll you'll win one nil against every team in, in the Premier League except the top six at home. I'll I'll take that. I don't care how much fun it is. Winning at home yeah. would constitute fun for yeah. me. And in the last two games, we've walked away from Sellers Park in in varying degrees. I mean, after the Burnley game, we were kind of walking on air because we thought, great, this is it. The corner, the mythical corner has been turned. Yeah. After the Saturday game, we thought, well, great, this is a grown up. But I, I suppose with hindsight, we that's exactly the. The, the least we should be expecting mm-hmm. against at home against a team like Leicester is a grown-up, sensible performance that we that we end up with three points. That's what 
that's what that's what Brighton are doing in their second season. You know, that's what yeah, we should yeah. be. Yeah, I'm afraid. I think the, the 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 fun is in direct proportion to the 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 one or three points that we're getting. Yeah, yeah. If we're getting if we're winning the matches, everyone's having fun. They may not necessarily love the way we're doing it, but if we win the matches. Yeah, people are fine. Well, exactly, because even, even though it's only four minutes highlights on Saturday night, I, I won't watch the highlights if we haven't won. Likewise. So at least, we're getting to, at least I'm getting to watch the yeah, yeah. football. I won't yeah. buy the Sunday yeah. papers, because not, not only will I not read the football bit in the Sunday papers, I won't buy the Sunday papers on Sunday morning. That's why I have to miss a lot of news. Right? <laughs> Unless we've actually won, because I don't want to skip I, I, over the, the, the losing yeah. report. You know? I, I don't go to Palace. I've never... In you know since 1978, gone to Palace to watch us or to be entertained. Yeah. If you spend a stupid amount of money to go and watch Pavarotti sing, <laughs> and you turn up at the Royal Opera House and he's ill, and you've got some li- young and coming in to sing, you know whatever, um, you'd be you'd be upset. You know it's not Pavarotti's fault that he's got a bad throat or something. Now if I turn up <laughs> and that, it's, it's, it's against dead. Man City and Aguero's not playing, I'm delighted. Right, you know, so I'm not there to be entertained with the best players in the world. I'm, in, I'm, I go into the stadium thinking, number one, Palace are the best football team in the world, and number two, that we should win absolutely every game. Yeah, right. That, that's me as me as a fan. So I don't care about being entertained or not. It's just that we have that kind of drive and passion, which I think the players do at the moment. Mm. They, they're just not being. There's not the balance. Yeah. That's the point. I'd say buying tickets for Pavarotti would be a fairly optimistic thing to do at the moment. Well, given, I wouldn't think Given his... Yeah. But yeah. You know, it's, it's like the, there's a, there's a, when you go into talk sport, there's a quote from it years old. He said, all I want for football is Palace to win every single game from now to the end of time. Yeah. So, which is what we all want. Yeah. Very reasonable. Yeah. 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 And in, in yeah. a sense, you do... Any good performance is a, is a bonus. But even after the Burnley game... There was, there were, it didn't take long for everyone to start getting pessimistic and negative about that game. Oh, Christ, we only scored two goals out of 38 chances or whatever. So there's always, it, yeah. there's always something to bring you back down yeah, to earth. But it's always were terrible. And, it, it, it's, uh, always, it's always the points that are more important than the, than the performance. Right, yeah. Just on that, from, yeah. a, from a it's, footballing it's, point, especially yeah. when you spot... I mean, look at... You only have to look... I mean, Man United fans have pretty much crowbarred Mourinho out of a job. You know, the Man United supporters trust are taking Mar- credit for Mourinho me. did did a good job on that. Well, I know, but in terms of, but he, you know, they're not happy with you know the, their expectations are managed in a different way. They're not happy with the level of football mm. they get to see. If we were seeing Martial every week, we'd be going, "This is fantastic! And it's the best six, Palace team ever." Sixth in the table, and so, we'd be uh, quite happy with and, that. And won trophies yeah. in the first season. So, is that, well, it's, there's it's, still be. I think there'd still be some fans moaning about that somehow. But well, it probably would. But it's still, you know, if you've got Man United fans moaning about what's happening to their season, then of course we're always going to moan yeah. and we have reached that point where staying up isn't enough anymore Yeah, which is another discussion for another day but it comes back to what John was saying about the whole infrastructure of the club which is why you can never just blame Roy Hodgson the manager well speaking yeah. of that Brendan at Brendan underscore Walsh one hi Brendan says should Jose Mourinho be announced prior to or after the Man City game <laughs> <laughs> what is the new Man City manager? <laughs> <laughs> that was um, you sense. You know, Palace fans tweet that, but some of them, there's, a, there's some of them go to bed thinking, "Well, you don't. You <laughs> might want to. You might really want a new challenge." You Just because he said a few nice things. No, about no, no, no he didn't Palace, say a few yeah. nice things. He said fans. maybe one day I'll come back to the UK and I'll manage Crystal Palace. Yeah. That's what he said. And yeah. That was well, always that was about ten years ago. Though, it was ten it? years ago. Yeah. But ever since, he always references Palace. He and fans. There's he always this thing. There's always this thing. It reminds me, and this might be totally made up, but I don't think it is. When Goldberg 
Football Palace and yeah. he got Terry Venables. Yeah. Terry Venables decided in his first pre-season to go and be a TV pundit in the Paris, yeah. in the France World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. sat down with Rude Hullet on ITV right? and a rumour came in that we were going to sign Maradona. <laughs> right? Now, the, the presenter goes to Venables, is this true? Before Venables even answered the question, Rude Hullet was choking, right? like, like choking. Like, and it, Venables, with a serious look on his face, looked at Hullet and went, I'm, I'm unable to answer that question. <laughs> and I sat there and I couldn't believe. Uh, what it, so this idea of, um, should I say, yeah, he, he will come in. People at the time were saying, well, Maradona, you know, we're a working class South London club. He, that's the sort of club he would want to come to because yeah. he's a working class Argentinian. You know. Yeah, he gets I, us. But yeah. I see, but Man United fans, this is how football fans operate on a different level to any other person. You know, we've all got sensible jobs. Well, not all of us, but yeah, we, in, our, in, our, in our other lives, away from being football fans, we're quite good at what we do. And when we become football fans, we're idiots. Man United fans <laughs> are doing cartwheels at Solskjaer's in. Solskjaer relegated Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Solskjaer's actual managerial experience is, if, if in, un, in un, any other circumstances, they said, right, we've got a bloke in who was sacked by Cardiff. Then the Man United fans are going, what are you doing? Said, oh, no, he's one of our own. He's yeah, Solskjaer. But, but, but and, if, uh, if, you, if you drop the name Solskjaer uh, and Manchester United and replace that with Pardew. Well, yeah. yeah. Right, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Fair, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Fair, oh, yeah, yeah. fair point. And, and I, I know Man United supporters who are adamant it should be and Eric Cantona. That's their end. <laughs> That's the end. Yeah, well, Eric can you imagine that? It's their answer to anything. Is yeah, yeah. Oh my! Uh, but, and then of course they're all again. Again, see Gary Neville. He talks about respect. Gary Neville's big. He took. He had to go to Pogba for his you know caption this. Yeah. And Neville's on on the radio talking about respect. And in the same sentence, Neville's saying, "Well, we need to get um, Pochettino from Tottenham." So showing no respect whatsoever for Tottenham or Tottenham yeah. fans. Just going that if Man United want a manager, we get him. Yeah. Simple as that. I, even though he's in, even though he's in the job, it's like I don't care about Tottenham or Man United, but it's that, it's that double standard. We all, every football fan, is constantly walking a double standard. Oh, constantly. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think, I don't think the concept football, of respect yeah. really exists in the world of football anymore. Yeah. I think unless unless it suits you or suits your club. Good point. Anyway, uh, last couple of questions have got a Christmas theme. Hey. It, is our, it is our last pod before Christmas, and we can do Christmas now. Street is not here. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. I'm, never ashamed, I'm never ashamed to say that. Well, this, the first one is from Luke O. Hi, Luke. Hey, Luke. And he says, uh, what palace-related gift do you all want for Christmas? Uh, world peace. No, that's not palace-related. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, and you say that every year. Yeah, I know, because well, I want world peace every year. I don't, you can't have a go at me for wanting world peace. Well, also, I've been told, Ali's working away doing Panto. I have been told it turns out there are too many guard, palace garden gnomes. That yeah. You can't have one extra, one more garden gnome. So, so what are you going to do? I don't. I haven't been to the club shop lately, really, because it doesn't... You in and out in two minutes. It's not mm. the best club shop. It is a great club shop. They have improved it. They have improved the club shop. Yeah, it. Yeah, I tell you know what I'd like. Remember, I don't know if anybody's got this. It's a book, and it tells you what Palace did on a particular day of the year. Oh my god, I got some information. I don't know if anyone's ever seen a a book such as that. I got some information that I can't tell you on air, but I'll tell you off air about that. So yeah, Palace-related Christmas presents. Yeah, or Palace-themed Christmas presents. Um, it'd be something to watch. Uh huh. It would be the Holmesdale Fanatics. Singing Christmas carols <laughs> for the Palace Foundation, <laughs> but going going door to door, yeah, in South Norwood. 
That's lovely. Yeah, that'd be lovely. I mean, that'd be great. Not a lot of doors will be opened, I'm guessing, but you know. Yeah, well, it's you know, but it's a nice thing. It's, that'd be beautiful yeah. if they had little Santa yeah. hats on. They could have little lanterns. Yeah. That'd be oh, any flags up? Well, just you know, voices and singing because it's all about the singing section, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's, um, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, we haven't even mentioned there are, that no, I know Steve Parrish is very keen to expand. He really wants the history of Palace to be better illustrated in books and films. and Films? Well, yeah, films. we're trying to get, you know, BT Sport do the brilliant range Who of Who would play films. us in that film? Well, the pod film. Yeah. Well, well, sadly, you're young enough to play you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who would play me. But that's no, because, yeah, we've got a brilliant story. So, there's, you know trying to get interested at the moment in a film about the team of the 80s and you know it's just like oh sweet because I think we we don't other clubs are better than us at you know we've got brilliant books like the Ian King you know fact book they're great if you want facts but just sort of memories and feelings and emotions we're uh, not, yeah. we're not I, I will, I'm going to plug know. the old Eagle Eye book I mean, that was, I think, probably one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. Hard to explain family. fanzines, Mark, to, it's, um, <laughs> well, to people JD's age. It's probably the best, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. best bit of lit- palace literature I've ever written. I, that was one of the most exciting, I don't know if you were here at the time, Mark, I think sort of between 87, between 87, between 87 and 92, where out of nowhere, this fanzine culture started, which is, was partly well, to do with punk, well, but well, just every club yeah. had well, Eagle Eye won the first. Eagle Eye were the best as well, and, then, one, of the, and yeah. one of the best. When, when Sky Sports came out, yeah. we were part of their first ever, they did a whole series around fans, and we were right? the first one that they did about it. So it was Eagle Eye and Palace And they filmed us preparing the fanzine in Oxford Circus in a pub, and then at the... Palace Nottingham Forest game when Brian Clough was manager, Roy Keane, and I remember getting a lift home that day with George Endar. Wow, <laughs> who went to my school, Bishop Thomas Grant. Wow, there you go. That's I cool. Was he ever old enough That's to drive? Fact. George well, he was. Another but, but fact. I created yeah. George Endar superstar drives around in a Granada. That was, <laughs> was it? A, was it a Granada? It was one time I did. I saw it, it, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, am Mark Christmas related? So I'm Palace. doing completely something completely different. Uh, and I'm going to say either, because this is obviously all fantasy, a fit striker that can score goals, <laughs> like yeah, that's a present, nice. yeah. or as an alternative, maybe Yannick Balassi circa 2014. Oh, oh, oh if like only. That. I like that. If only we would could. We have Yannick, somebody asked me this the other night, would we have Yannick Balassi back? Not now, I don't think. I think yeah, Mark's yeah. right around 2014, peak. I watched him play for Villa, I think it was at West Brom a couple of Fridays ago, and it was just... Still, I wanted them to win because Yannick was playing, but he's still, you forget that he, for every fantastic piece of skill he does, he runs down a blind alley or yeah. falls over. <laughs> but those skills. Oh, it's still worth it, though. Still. Yeah. It's st- there are so few, but even, I don't think even Wilf used to get me off my seat in the same way that Yannick did. He was much, yeah. because he was, at the time, he was much more physical, Blasi. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He would just, yes. he would just, Players would bounce off him. Remember that Bruno in the Brighton game, yeah. literally bouncing off him. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also Balassi's story, isn't it? You know, he was a reject. Everyone yeah, didn't rate him. Mm. He played in Malta, didn't he? Yeah. Or something. You know, so yeah, that, yeah. that's school of hard knocks. And it was right? very Palace, wasn't it? That yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, a couple more questions. Then Mark Skeens. Hi, Hi Mark. Mark. Says which Palace player, past or present, would the pod least want to make them a Christmas dinner? Uh, probably Neil Ruddock. Because there'd be no brandy left over for the pudding, would there? Well, there'd be, no, be nothing left. I mean, in fact, imagine Ruddock putting brandy on the Christmas the house would go over, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> Neil, he's too much brandy. Whoa, there you go. <laughs> Such a, well, there must be, how many people have played football for Crystal Palace over the years? Quite a few. We're in the thousands, surely. It's a hard yeah. question. Yeah. It is a hard question. Mm-hmm. Ruddock's a good chow there. Yeah. Well, you'd eat too much as well. You'd be sending out for extra turkey and... <laughs> 
the 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> is uh, it, it's is funny because it, it's true. Is it just the player? <laughs> or can it be no, yeah, no, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're going for Johnny Williams because no. he's tiny, he wouldn't eat much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so, so he's just too nice as well. The question is someone, a Palace player or someone associated with a Palace got, yeah, who yeah. you don't want to make dinner for you. Yeah. 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 Okay, Pardew. <laughs> I'm laughing because you can't see the look on his face. There's a certain mischievous turn of turn of face that, that because he gets. <laughs> because the turkey will be stuffed with bullshit. Hey! <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Mark, well, yeah, mine's a sort of a variation on Kevin's. Uh, I'd pick Thomas Brolin. Oh, because oh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of herrings. I'm not a big fan of meatballs, <laughs> and there wouldn't necessarily be much left to eat anyway. Very yeah. true. There you go. Very true. Like Mark's actually put some thought into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a long tr- tube <laughs> journey. So. <laughs> Do we want one more Christmas scene question for this part? It's the last Christmas yeah, part. Oh, okay, so Ben Allen. Hi Ben. Hi Ben. Says if Palace were a Christmas pantomime, what one would be who, and who would lead play the lead? I should have read this question yeah, before. Well, who would play the characters? Who played the lead roles in the characters? Oh, pantos have happy endings, don't they? Well, I've, I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 his suggestion is Roy would have to be one of the Danes. Yeah. Okay, uh, is there a donkey? No, that's okay. a nativity play. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's Panto. But it's not in Panto anything. Same genre. It's a horse. It's not a... No, you can't do it. I went to see Brilliant Panto in Oxford last night. You can't play with the genres of men dressing up as women and women dressing up as men. You could have a man dressed up as a donkey. So you can't have Sirloth and Ben Teke as the donkey. Who's going to be the front end and the back end? They can swap. Swap at half time. They could, they could say, yeah, whoever scored the most goals in the last 18 years. <laughs> so that could be the beanstalk, though. It's just stand there sort of waving could around happily. And then, yeah. Uh, who would you have, JD? Oh, before you get... Because no one... You never answer these questions. Yeah, I don't know. That's the sound of JD having his first ever alcoholic drink on the pod. Um, it's got meat, and I rubbed that with bacon just, by the, just so you know. I guess... Oh, thank you, mate. <laughs> Johnny Williams be the baby Jesus? This, I can't stress enough, the baby Jesus isn't in panto. The it question's about Pancho. No, he couldn't be. He's behind. <laughs> I still have to wind you oh, up. No, he well, can't. Well, Simon Jordan is so, Snow White. Oh. So I, 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 <laughs> well, I, I've got, I've, I've got, I've got a variation on that. Okay, so <laughs> Panto is Sleeping Beauty. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, and good. this is a bit metaphorical. So Sleeping <laughs> Beauty is actually. Crystal Palace, the football club, were a oh. sleeping giant. Oh, nice. So that has to be personified by someone. So I think Sleeping Beauty should actually be Jason Punchin. Oh. Um, the Prince, so you Steve Parrish. Sorry to interrupt there, but the problem is that in Jack and the Beanstalk, the giant is actually asleep for most of the foot. You could have gone for an actual sleeping giant. Yeah, it's true. But no, you went for a metaphorical sleeping giant, so that's great. That's very good. And also, this is the other reason I like having new guests on, because they put so much more effort into yeah, answering yeah, the questions. Yeah. <laughs> so my final piece, of course, is there needs to be the, you know, the evil fairy. So mm-hmm. I, I did have a bit of difficulty with that, because there aren't really any evil people that you would associate the baddies, with the yeah, bad yeah, guys. The, you know, yeah, the villains. Incompetent, yes. Yeah. Well-intentioned incompetence, yes. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I decided to go for Tony Pulis. You know, oh, basically, oh, cap yeah, on, yeah, yeah. he could Clever. he could he could pass as a as yeah. A well, also the way he left the club as well. That I just think I, I think well-intentioned incompetence 
is the best description of Palace. Should be on the badge. Oh, that should be, yeah. should be on the badge. Yeah. In, 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 in competencia, whatever benevolentia, but it's just, you couldn't get a better description That's of that. Harry Potter. <laughs> in concio. Listen, if you can have the baby Jesus in a pantomime, I'm having fake Harry Potter. Right. Thank you very much for your questions. Uh, in part three, we're going to preview the Man City game and the Cardiff game on Boxing Day. So, join us in a bit. Back to the Vibe Land Podcast. Hey! Pod 275 sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing body needs. Go to Vector.co.uk. It's Vector with And JCIS, a global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. It's, that's the best <laughs> one of the day. One, yeah. So, I think that's a good sign if you get better each time. It's like practice. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people market sort of falls away. Yeah. Endicott in particular always starts with a flourish, but then the third one. Yeah. Well, it's because he goes to the website all the time. Well, it's because he yeah. drinks about four bottles. Your website, yeah, it's because yeah. he's had four bottles of wine between the first and the third, basically, is what it is. <laughs> so many drinking accusations. Because <laughs> of the people that aren't here. But Street, you can't hold his jar. I was so surprised. Mm. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> so we've got two games before the next pod because we're into that busy Christmas period. We've got Man City away on Saturday, and then on Boxing Day, four days later, we have got Cardiff at home. Um, the Man City game, we can probably write off in a way. So I think the Cardiff game I'll talk more about. But can you guess what our record at Man City in the league is in the last five seasons? Can you guess what the record, the score, ag- aggregate score is? Minus 19. Not far, yeah. Have we, I don't think we've scored any, have we? We've scored so, one have in we? the League Cup. In the League oh, Cup. Anyone know who one. that was? Damien Delaney. Damien Correct. Delaney. Consolation. Yeah. I think it was 4 1 at the time. 5 1. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 4 1 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we have to bear in mind that one of those games uh, is when Allardyce played a bizarre back three, didn't he? With Van Arnold, Schlup, Van Arnold, Ward, maybe? Ward, yeah. yeah. Minus 17, five so games. You're both close. It is 18 0. Wow. The city in the league, and then including <laughs> that cup game, like twenty whatever, twenty three. Wow, how something. many games is that? So that'd be over six games in total. I think it's it's interesting. Right, Hodgson mentions the Man City game. He's mentioned it a few times recently about how, again, because he's clever at deflecting blame, how he can't be blamed for the five nil. Was it five nil? Yeah, when we played well for the first forty two minutes, yeah. one and a half time. Yeah. yeah, but I think in a way. The way it'll be an interesting comparison because now Roy's had a full season. It'll be interesting to see how we shape up and how his coaching works against City. And City, you know, Bournemouth played really well against City. I think it's 3 1 in the end. So City and City are conceding goals. So I'm not, I don't fear it like I would have feared it this time last year. I don't, I I don't want to put the mockers on it and say it won't be 5 0, but I, I kind of think, you know, Guardiola's another of those managers like Mourinho has got. A respect for for Palace, and we did push him really, really close less than a year ago. I'd, what I'd like to see is, is it's us. You know, I know everyone's joking. There's loads of memes going around with you know basically 25 centre backs. But I'd like, I'd kind of like to see us have a go at them. I'd like to see us. Well, with yeah, that in I mind, think, we got a question yeah. from Paul Gaskin. Hi, Paul. He says, "With City being a free hit, does Roy experiment with the formation?" Ha ha ha! Just kidding. Of course, it's going to be four four two and sit back and tear down. Yeah, I think I think we know the answer to that one. <laughs> We've waited a long time for question of the year, but yeah. I mean that was that was very that was very. I think we. I think I'd be very disappointed if Roy went back to playing Zaha and Townsend up front. Yeah. 
I think that that would be a step backwards. I think if we've got Wickham on the bench, I would be inclined to give him 60 minutes. To um, start. 60 minutes. Why okay. not? And then get yeah, ready okay. for a start for Cardiff. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. uh, to, see, to see where he's at with it, where, where his confidence level is, guy being tackled and that, that type of thing. Um, or if not, playing Soloth up front. Or some, you know, this is what we've got. Some okay, it's, it's no point. We've, kind of, we've just we've just joked about the fact that Roy doesn't do anything now. No, the, the, the reason why now. the reason why I'm saying that is because Ayu and Solov will, I think, as as the kind of focal point will track will do more running and closing down. Um, Zaha yeah, yeah, yeah. Zaha has not got that natural instinct to go and run after those centre backs when they've got the ball just to close them down and make make it move. Um, well, I think, Mark, John's point about the physicality, the tackling, because the one thing City aren't famed for is you know, throwing their weight about, putting the, leaving the foot in. It's like maybe it would be a game for somebody who's coming back to get fit that Delaney wouldn't get battered. Delaney could... No, sorry, um, Wickham. And it's... Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's... it's but who, who do you drop uh, then? You know, I mean, that's well, I'm afraid I think it's going to be Zaha and Townsend. Yeah, I don't think he's going to change anything. anything. I think he might... Depending on what happens, Wickham might come on. I hope Wickham does come on. Yeah. Um, but I think he's just going to stick to what he does, I think. Well, that's yeah. interesting, though, because we all thought he would, wouldn't do that with Hennessy. Because I'm fairly convinced he will go back to Hennessy. Because if, you know, we've spent the first part of the pod saying that Roy's very conservative and he goes back to his default setting. So if, he's, if he picks Gaeta, then. But, I but think this language of like. Um, Conservative, right? Well, well are, are we saying you... he doesn't have any balls? Yeah, well, you know, no, take a risk. I mean, no, I mean no, this I've... is. I mean, this is the other. The last season, he showed he could, right? By by bringing, in, he had to bring in the likes of Sacco and people like that. Well, he had to. But then he, he did experiment with Zahan Townsend and with knowing he had Loftus Cheek and Kabayan, right? But th- this time is, you know, he has to be able to show that he can either stick with his new, give it I... a go. So my, my philosophy on Roy, or what I think the way he works, who knows, is he's very methodical. If something is working, he just sticks with it. If something's not, if something's really not working, like it's interesting because last season he went for a while flipping Spironi and Hennessy back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Spironi made a mistake. Yeah, Dan made a mistake. They were out straight away. So I, I, he's prepared to be ruthless. But I think it's it's if he identifies something that you've done wrong, then you're out. He did the same thing with Wan-Bissaka. He made a mistake yeah. for Bournemouth. Yeah. Ward came back in. So he'll do that. But if otherwise, he sticks with what he knows. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. He can be ruthless in terms of personnel. But unless he has to, he won't change the four four two. And it's not a question of yeah. lacking balls. It's a question of the generation he's from. He's a manager. You know, four four two was the default setting for most managers of his generation. And four three three was a big change, and you know wing backs are all very. And of course, he's seen a lot of things, but he's a guy for for the most part. Four four two wins more games than it loses, so that's his default setting. And well, it's, well, well, and it's okay, not that it takes bravery; it's just that you just you just get set in your ways. It's just you you. It's a, it takes a big thing, you know. And also, we haven't got that many players to change the system anyway. And, and, what, and he's what only about, done it when about, he's had to. But what yeah. about then if? Um, if Benteke comes back... No, you take a complete good. risk in the Man City game. Or not even a risk, but you don't play Zaha. You have him yeah. on the bench, right? And you you let the, the team that beat Leicester, or maybe you 
change O for Wickham, I don't know, but you have that same pretty much starting level. Um, and then what you do, you wait, and you know the Cardiff Zaha's going to come back, and he'll be like a kind of. Well, Kevin, can I offer you one more? We've got well, one I just, more no, before, just to answer that because I think I think you know, I think if Wilford missed the Leicester game for injury, I think that's exactly what he would do. Hmm. I think that's exactly what he would do. But to 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 not play a fully fit Wilf, I don't think he will take that take that chance. But I, I, it's it's a it's a really logical thing to do is is to to assume that we're going to lose this game by having. Rest? Why not rest, Wolf? But we we'll be on the next pod saying, "What was he doing resting?" Here? He kind of can't win whatever he does. Oh, well, I think I yeah. think that's a really interesting point. Now I think that's it's well, Mark. Can I put this to you then? C S M K Brown Hi, says, "With Luca being one yellow away from a possible suspension, can we afford to drop him against City, considering the importance of the Cardiff game?" Uh, that is a, that is an interesting question. Um, uh, my guess is Hodgson won't do that. No, he will stick with with Luca and hope that he doesn't get that yellow yeah. card. Um, well, but yeah, very you know, yeah. Tompkins managed to get a yellow card half an hour after the game finished. <laughs> yeah, it's a few minutes so, after the game. Yeah, but, but still, <laughs> but it's yeah. like you can't you can't make you can't. I don't think Roy would ever pick a team. For, or have, having said that, we just said he suggested he should pretend that Wolf's injured. So, well, we I suggested these things. Talk, I think we can all agree that there are some chances think, of yeah, these things yeah. happening. I think the midfield area is. It's interesting as Mayer played more centrally, didn't he, on Saturday? I think the midfield area is one that, if there's ever going to be changes, it's more where Kiati and Mayer play rather than who he's Roy going to is pick. starting I think, to get settled on that midfield. I think, yeah, yeah, very much. And I think Mayer's starting to look more settled. He's starting to settle, to yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. if, if Luca ends up getting a yellow card and misses the card of match, I would think that Hodgson would think, OK, I've got enough central midfielders yeah, to cover. To, to cover. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Cardiff's away record is such that we would still be expecting to. That's true. To win that game, and I think as well, I don't think the, a, a defeated City would knock the confidence that we've got from two home wins. No, because we're expecting nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm expecting everyone to have a lovely Christmas. That's the end. That's the end of the pod. Well, you've put a lot wow. of pressure on that. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping Thank everyone you. has a lovely Christmas. Yeah. Um, I've, I've thought of another potential um, pantomime character. Oh, good. Because Roy, after the West Ham game, wasn't very happy, was he? So would he be uh, Widow Cranky? Nice. No, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good. I'm always good at jokes half an hour later. Yeah. That's my. There's <laughs> also there's a panto <laughs> character called Idle Jack as well. So name your own favourite lazy player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah take your pick. <laughs> um, Mark, thank you very much for joining us on the pod. No, well, pleasure. Yeah, thank you very, very much. much. I'm going to say what a, what a debut. What a debut. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, we're implying that he'll be on again. That was like AWB's Definitely. debut against yeah, Spurs yeah. last season. Oh, that that, that, that is a comparison. The trouble is now that if Mark does it again, he'll do it for nothing, and he'll think I could have got on without donating all that. <laughs> good stuff thank you. really really love having you on JC yeah. thank you very great much to see you have a great, great Christmas well done JD Kevin pleasure Merry Christmas everybody oh lovely very nice well you know I'm the only one who takes the whole thing seriously I like Christmas as well so yeah. it's good Andy's not on the pod with this one so he's got, he's yeah. got he's hammered this week hasn't he so. ruined well literally hammered I mean yeah, apparently well, yeah. uh, Kev said he can't handle his drink <laughs> he can't <laughs> anyway so uh, thank you so much for listening we hope you have a wonderful Christmas um, there will be a post-match pod after the Man City game to look out for that and but after the Cardiff also, game yeah. Oh, no, Man City one. No, you're doing pod extra, but so the, pod the extra for post-Cardiff isn't the pod extra, it's a pod. Where it's going to be a special sort of Post- amalgamation yeah. of all that. So we'll have we'll end of year. back here after pod. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, so if you're in the Porsons, follow us and come yeah. back here. <laughs> come back here. For like the, the Pied Piper yeah, podcast. For post-match on Boxing Day. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Um, have a wonderful Christmas, and we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye.
my brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.